Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Beyond expectation. That's who our God is. It's amazing. How many could say that God has done things in your life, in your history, that were beyond what you expected? Yeah. I could say that. Has anybody ever been interrupted by God? You're, you're, you're reading a scripture and boom, it nails you. It goes from there to here and then to now. And it's like, <gasps> and it interrupted your life. Or how many of you have ever had a, a phone call, a good phone call, and it was an interruption, but you knew God was speaking through the person on the other end of the phone that something was going to change in your life and and we'll call it, call it a divine interruption. Anybody ever had one of those? Yeah. When I, uh, when I graduated from high school, I was on my way to go travel with my band. I had a pretty good band. Uh, I played drums. I also was a front man for some of the singing. Uh, I had one band. Don't make fun of me. I wish I had a picture. I do not. I had one band that, that played in Burbank pretty, pretty consistently, and uh, I would wear a, a cape and a top hat. <laughs> and I would sing out front, and then I'd go play the drums and sing back up. And uh, we, we, we had good, we had, it was a good band. And while I'm getting ready to go and uh, set up some tour that summer with the band, I remembered God's interruption when I was 15. I, I came to know Christ at 14. At 15, I'm at a summer camp at Camp Cedarcrest, which is our four-score camp, and I remember hearing God's whisper in my soul. I was sitting in the back of the auditorium, and uh, a pastor by the name of Jack Hayford was speaking to us. Some of you may remember that name. And he said, some of you are here and you're feeling a stirring in your soul to give your life to vocational ministry. And you're going to be a youth pastor, a pastor, a worship pastor, a missionary. or something. I don't know how I got from the back to the front. All I remember is I was looking up at, he had a really big nose. I was looking up at two nostrils. That's all I remember. I do not remember physically making the trek to the front. I just remembered standing there. It was so weird. Now, I was sitting in the back because you could kind of scope the room out to check out the girls for afterwards at the snack shop, and I always brought extra cash so I could buy girls milkshakes and French fries. That was my, my hook. And, uh, but I wasn't checking the girls out, man. I was just standing down in front. I remember God vividly spoke into my life about ministry. Now I fast forward, boom, and I'm just about to be 18, and we're going to go on tour and do this thing, and I remember revisiting that moment where God had divinely interrupted me and said, you're, you're going to go serve me with your life. I had to make this phone call to my friends. I'm not going. Now, when you're, when you're singing half the songs in the band, and you're the drummer, it's a pretty important position, you know? And I told all my friends, I'm not, I'm not going. I'm, I'm going to go to Bible college. 
And one of my friends said, what on earth would you want to do that for? And the other guy said, what, what, in, what in hell are you doing? And so the band, guess what? We disbanded the band. And here I am, lo these many years later. And no, 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 no. I just wanted to tell you that story because if you've never had a divine interruption, maybe my message today will be a divine reminder of an interruption you had some time ago where God deposited a dream in your life about your future, where God deposited something about your career. John alluded to that a minute ago, where, where God spoke a word of promise to you and you've let it go. The dream has been dashed on the rock somewhere. And you just said, oh, what's the use? Or something happened in your life and now you're angry at God. And, but I want to remind you, and I, I want this verse to be uh, the verse for this journey. We're going to journey from here to Good Friday and then Good Friday quickly to Easter in this series called Beyond Expectation. And I would love for Ephesians uh, 3, 19, 20, and 21 to be our main verses. We'll, we'll read this every time we start uh, our teachings. And I want you to read it as though you didn't lose an hour of sleep, okay? Would you read it? Let's read it together. To know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Can, can, can we stop there? What a great prayer. You know, come alive in the name of Jesus. Great prayer. Well, here's another one that I would be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. In other words, I would be filled to the brim. Now to him, let's read the rest, please, who is able to do immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Amen. And where is the power? Where is it? Oh, within us. It's not your power. People say, I, I could pull myself up by my bootstraps. I, 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 you're not. You're not competent, capable of doing it. But God's power in you, he works inside of us to do more than we could ask or think. Have you ever had an expectation that wasn't fulfilled? My mom used to have this jar of cream. I think it was blue with white lettering. It was called Oil of Old Lady. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. And, and she would rub it on her hands, those, those age spots. And then somebody told her, if you rub it on really good and you put cellophane around it, you know, right? And it's heat lamp, whatever. You take vitamin E and D and, 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 and zinc and all, and, and it'll take away your spots. And I, I love my mom. She was so gullible. <laughs> it never took away her spots. Or have you ever bought a toothpaste because it said it promised brighter, whiter teeth, and you felt the sand and the grit in it, but it didn't change? I don't know. Or you just use this shampoo. It's got shampoo, conditioner, you know, dry root, everything all in one. And you put it in your hair and it's like, it felt like you, it had like wax in it. And it, it didn't really do what, it didn't live up to its expectation. Our world over promises and under delivers. So I was doing research for the sermon 
I was Googling expectations versus reality. I don't advise you do it because it will take you places you may not want to, to, to go. But here's something we've all experienced before. The picture is not as good as the reality. And so here we go on a little journey, a little fast food journey. Take, take a look and see if you don't understand this or have had this experience. Notice that fast food looks way better in the ads than it does in reality. We're going to do a little experiment with a hidden camera to see if we can get them to make the food look exactly like it does in the pictures. Let's see how this goes. I'm just getting a Big Mac today. Hmm. It doesn't look quite as pretty. I'm looking at this picture of the Big Mac, and it looks kind of sad and dry. And can you make one that looks like yes, the picture? Not a okay, great. <laughs> Thanks very much. You like that? You ever hear people ask for that before? I never heard that before. Okay, great. Thank you. Oh, look at that. See, that's, that's a little better, isn't it? All right. Okay, so this is the bacon cheeseburger deluxe. Let's see how this thing compares. Hmm. Let's see if we can get them to match that. This looks kind of scrawny compared to this, especially especially for the bacon. Can you make this so that it looks like the picture for me? All right. Let's see if they can actually make it look like the picture. This one's a little challenging. I'm excited. Here we go. I love the All right, let's see what these things look like. Oh, boy. I was in the mood for some tacos, and I looked on your website, and you have these really great-looking tacos, but then in reality, they kind of look like this. Can you make them look like that? Sure, no problem. Oh, great, thank you. The one from the picture? Look what you did. You made them look like the picture. Okay. That's, That's for you. I'm gonna go for a um, half-pound double with cheese. Not quite as attractive as the picture. I was just looking at this. Not like, not very high and kind of flat and not very attractive. Can you make one that looks like the picture? Thanks. A beautiful burger for me? Thank you so much. That's much better. Come on, yeah. You gotta love that guy. <laughs> Has anybody ever asked for it? No. Why don't you try it next time? But, but don't use my name, all right? There was a young lady named Mary. We know her as a Virgin Mary. And God comes and interrupts her life. And actually, if you're a note taker, you'll want to write this down. Number one, the journey of Jesus starts in the heart of God in heaven and with an interruption on earth. God wants to... What does he want to do? He wants to overpromise because he can overdeliver. I am going to give you a savior for all mankind. He's going to die once and for all. That's a pretty tall order. And everyone who believes in the name of Jesus shall be saved. And it starts with God's heart. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16. He gave his only son. We know this. That whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life and he takes this story that he's writing up in the heavens and he takes it right here on earth and he uses this young lady's life. He interrupts her. You see, when God interrupts a life, he does the unexpected. 
And when you listen to the stories of people that Jesus encountered, he always did the unexpected for them. They, they think he's going to do one thing and he does something else. And this lady, Mary, she, she's a teenage girl. She, she doesn't cry out, you know, oh, son of David, heal me, I'm blind. She doesn't cry out like the woman who was caught in adultery. Will you come and keep me from being stoned to death? And would you forgive my sins? That's not her. And she doesn't say, hey, God, would you make it possible for an angel to come and visit me? She's not asking. But here she is. And the angel of the Lord appears to her, Luke 1, verse 30 and 32, and said, Mary, do not be what? Afraid. And don't you want to say, yeah, right? It's an angel. But notice what he says. You found favor with God. See, you are to become a mother and have a son. And you're to give his name Jesus, and he will be great. Mary, this is beyond your expectation. You can't make this happen. And by the way, Mary, it's so profound and so miraculous, I don't even need Joseph, the one you're engaged to. I can bypass all science 101 classes. The birds and the bees and the flowers, and I, I, I don't need any of that. I can do a miraculous interruption in your life. And Mary experiences the chaos. Ever experienced chaos? Her theology is a question. The answers that she's asking are being questioned. All the formulas that she has are not tabulating correctly. Something is missing here. Mary wonders, what in the world is this angel talking about? It's like God intentionally, intentionally chooses to interrupt a life of the most unsuspecting people to fulfill the most unexpected purposes. And by the way, that, that could be us. That God would choose people like us in Lompo, California, with all that's going on in the world stage, all that's going on in our city, in our county, in our state, and our country. That God would use us to be his lights. I love what Robbie Booth said last week. Jesus calls us to be light. And he looks at Jesus and said, no, Jesus, you be the light. I love that line. You be the light. No, Jesus says, you're the light of the world. You be the salt. No, you're the salt of the world. That God could miraculously use you and me to make a difference in people around us like never before. And, and, and here's the way I see the video of Mary. Um, excuse me. Angel, this isn't in the Bible. This is the Bernie Fetterman version. Excuse me, um, we already have the photographer picked out for the wedding. And we got this caterer who says he can do miraculous things with chicken. You've ever been to receptions and had chicken more ways than one? And, and, and they're going to do chicken and tri-tip like it's never been done before. And, and Uncle Bob is going to read the scripture, 1 Corinthians 13. And, 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 and my little niece is going to sing a song, a wedding song. And we have it all planned out. And the angel says, this is in my version, by the way, will you give up your plans for me? Jeremiah 29, 11, I, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And it's a hard thing when we have to make our lives all about God, but it's the best thing we can do. Remember, as we look at our world today, God doesn't have 
problems. He only has plans. God doesn't have problems. He only has purposes. And whatever happened last night or whatever happening on the world stage while I'm speaking to you, God is not shocked and he's not surprised. There's no curveballs that you can throw, God. I got that. I've seen that. He already saw tomorrow before you live into it. Isn't that good? He knows what Wednesday at 2 o'clock is going to hold for you. And you go, oh, I got a doctor's appointment. He already knows. He already knows how long you're going to wait in the Starbucks line or the Dutch Butters line. He already knows that. While you're waiting there, you could listen to the sermon again, probably. The road to Easter starts in Bethlehem. And it starts in a small conversation with an angel from the Lord to a little teenage girl in an obscure village. And she herself is obscure, but all we know about her is she is favored by God. She's doing all the right things at all the right times as she worships God and prays to God. So I have a question for you. What has God been giving birth to that's growing into a miracle in your life? What seeds did God plant in you long ago? As I told my story as we started, I had to go back and revisit the call of God in my own personal life. Where do you have to go back and revisit a call of God in your life? Oh, Pastor B, I've, I've swept that under the rug now. It's been so long since that. Or God gave me a promise years ago, or, or I went to a retreat and I heard him speak vividly to me, or I was here at church and I heard him speak vividly to me, and I've let all that go. Well, I'm here to say, don't let it go. Embrace it again. If it's from God, embrace it. Embrace it. What's he trying to build in your life and in my life? And we know something that he had to do, Jesus did. Philippians 2, 7. He had to empty himself by taking on the form of a bondservant and being born in the likeness of men. This omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent God had to strip that away so he could become a fetus. Now, you want to talk about a miracle? Does God do miracles? If you can take God, the Son, and take him from being exalted to being on earth and being executed, that's a miracle. If you could take God and have him some way be vacuum sealed inside of Mary's womb. You know, when Jesus was born, there was great fanfare. The choir of angels, remember? The shepherds in their field watching their flocks by night. We saw this great light in the middle of the night. But for 40 weeks, Mary carried Jesus. There was no choir. Sometimes the miracles God does in our lives, he does in the quiet and in the dark. We always wait for fanfare. I didn't feel the Holy Spirit goosebumps. It must not be God. Sometimes we get goosebumps, don't we? The Hawaiians call chicken skin. But sometimes we don't have any ground shaking. We don't have any. We just stand as we sang today. I love that song. We stand on the promises of God. And the promises don't always declare that the clouds are going to part and that the voice of heaven's going to fall or that the angels are going to sing or that the light's going to come in the darkness. Sometimes in the quiet of the moment, in the womb of a teenager, a miracle is happening. Hey, just because things aren't shaking and breaking loose right now, don't you dare think God's not at work. Yeah, but Bernie, it looks really dark right now. Oh, he works great in the dark. By the way, last time I checked, God works the night shift and the graveyard shift. He never sleeps or slumber. He's always at work. 
I feel like singing, you never stop, you never stop working. Anyway, that's it. I think it's so remarkable. We'll talk about it next week, the birth of Jesus. But did Jesus make all things? Did Jesus make us? Yeah, he did. You think your dad and mom did, sorry. Your dad and mom were able to come together, but Jesus put the power in her seed and his seed. An explosion happened. Oh, look, the baby we made. Well, not really. Jesus made that baby through you. Come on, I'll give you credit. Only that much. If Jesus made Mary, he made the womb that was going to hold him. Come on, it's deep now. If Jesus made Mary, and he did, he made the arms that were going to hold him. If Jesus made Mary, Jesus made the milk that would nurse Mary that would nurse Jesus from Mary's breast. He, he made that milk too. And if there was a cradle, like they say there was, either made out of stone or out of wood, Jesus made the stone and the wood and the tree, if it was made out of wood, that would hold him in the manger. And if he was wrapped in swaddling clothes, you, get, you getting this? Jesus made the cloth. He made the plants from which the, the cotton, if it was cotton, whatever it was, burlap, Whatever it was, Jesus made all the materials that was the swaddling clothes that held him. Wow. And the animals in the manger, he made them too. He made them too. He made them too. Jesus made everything that was made. And he became a servant. Don't ever miss that. Don't ever miss the fact that Jesus was willing to be interrupted in heaven to come and be a savior here on earth. Don't ever miss the fact that the Virgin Mary was willing to be interrupted. You see, divine interruptions, number two, always call for a response. And if God's been calling you and knocking on your heart's door, he's waiting for a response. What's your response going to be? Well, here's Mary's response, Luke 1, I am the Lord's servant. In the middle of all this chaos and her theology being challenged, what does she say? I, I know one thing. I'm the Lord's servant. By the way, can you say that? I'm the Lord's servant? I'm the Lord's servant? Yeah. I may not know much more than that, but I'm, I'm the Lord's servant. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. Here I am. Send me. Speak, Lord. I'm your servant. Mary answered, and then she said these words. Wow. You want to talk about faith? Put yourself in her place. The engagement's not going to happen the way she planned. The wedding's not going to happen the way she planned. She knows she's going to be ridiculed as a pregnant woman out of wedlock. She knows they're going to rebuke her when she walks down the city streets. She knows she has to tell Joseph the story. I mean, this is a big deal here. The ripple effect of her life is used. But here's what she says. Lord, be it done unto me according to your word. Can we just say that? Let's say it, be it done unto me according to your word. Now, what if we said that in response to the God who's trying to interrupt us? What if we said that in response to the God who's orchestrating our future? What if we said that in response to the God who's calling us to be light, to be love, to be hope, to be health to our neighbors and our friends and our coworkers and our schoolmates? What if, what, what if, what if we said it? Be it done unto me according to your word. Let's say it. Be it done unto me according to your word. Be it done unto me according 
to your word. Oh, wouldn't it be great to pray this? Be it done unto our city as according to your word. This week we were reading in our, our, our Bible reading in, in Galatians chapter 1, and, and we were reading of the Apostle Paul saying, I'm so grateful that God has revealed Jesus to me. And my prayer was, as I was writing in my journal, Jesus, reveal yourself to our city. Hmm. Wouldn't that be cool? Why don't we, we should pray that this week. Reveal yourself to our city. Yeah, but somebody's gonna, no, no, forget somebody. Reveal yourself to our city and use us, Lord. Be it done unto us according to your word. The places and the spaces where God has called us, the people that he's called us to, be it done unto us and through us according to your word. Let's say it again. Be it done unto me according to your word. Be it done unto our church and the body of Christ in this city and in this county. I am your servant. Which simply means um, things are not working out like I thought. So maybe I should go back to the basics. I am your servant. This is what I know to be true. And then she says, I, I'm willing to accept whatever you want, God, which is the translation in the Bernie Fetterman version, my assumptions of what God wanted, how he would accomplish it, what I should hope for, and where I fit in the midst of all this are way off. Even though I still don't understand it 100%, I trust God more than I trust myself. Ooh. By the way, great realization. I just saved you five years of therapy if you would get that. I did. I trust God more than I trust myself. I trust his word more than I trust myself. I trust his judgment more than I trust my own judgment. I trust his clarity and perspective more than I trust my own clarity and perspective. But now Mary, <laughs> can you imagine trying to raise the son of God? What do you do when he doesn't eat his vegetables? You set the kitchen timer? Three minutes, you got to eat your carrots and your spinach. And Jesus said, and some of you don't see Jesus as a terrible too. I do. I see him going to the carpenter's workshop trying to get his dad's saw and drill. And Stay out of there, Jesus. I told you, you're going to hurt yourself. And then he's running back to the house and he falls and scrapes his knees and Mary's going to clean the dirt out of his knees. Come on. How do you discipline God when he lives in your house? I don't know. But here's what I do know. I want you to get this phrase. One of my favorite phrases, amazing things happen on the other side of yes. When God knocks on your door for salvation, you say, yes, Lord, save me. I'm a sinner and I need your, your salvation to come. Amazing things happen on the other side of yes. Did you know that Jesus died for every human being? even the ones who will never get saved. That's a lot of sins, folks. From the first Adam to the last person to the last breath of humanity. And it's like all of this forgiveness is waiting over here. And all we have to do is say, Jesus, be my savior. I believe he died on the cross, rose again from the dead. I want to be saved. And we open the door of forgiveness. We say yes, and amazing things happen. All that forgiveness comes flooding in, and our guilt and our shame are washed away. The power of his grace, the power of his mercy. And another thing, amazing things happen on the other side of yes. When you say, yes, Lord, use me. 
Use me to be the, the, the husband or the wife that you've called me to be, the parent that you've called me to be, the grandparent that you've called me to be, the leader that you've called me to be, the subordinate that you've called me to be. Use me, Lord, to be the, 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 the military person that you've called me to be, to make a difference at Vandenberg Space Force Base, Sempra Supra. Use me. Use me in the school district. Use me at the police station. Use me in the, in the sheriff's office. Use me out at the prison. God, use me. I say yes to whatever you have for me because amazing things happen on the other side of yes. Anybody believe that? Stop negotiating with God and start agreeing with him. Well, I was, that's not even in my notes. So I like it. Stop Debating. Stop arm wrestling with God. You know why? Because he made your arm. You're going to lose. I'm going to push back on God. You're going to lose. How do you push back on the God of the universe? You don't. Let me just tell you. I'll save you five years of pain. Just listen. Say yes to God. Say it now. Say it tomorrow. Say it next week. Say it next year. Stop debating, negotiating, arguing. Stop belittling yourself. Stop putting yourself down and just start saying, God, if you're calling me, be it done unto me according to your word. I'll do whatever you say, whenever you say it. You have an all-access pass to my heart and my mind. Okay, now I'm preaching. I'll get back to the text. Number three, divine interruption produce a new kind of hope and a new kind of life. Ask Mary. Divine interruptions produce a new kind of hope and a new kind of life. And some of you have been interrupted in the past and you've denied God. And some of you are being interrupted even while I'm talking to you. You're remembering something in your life where you need to say yes to the Lord. Did I tell you I saved you five years of pain? Just say yes today. Just to go home and yes, Lord, whatever you, God, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Your wife comes to you and says, I want a new diamond ring. Yes, whatever. No, 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 not you. I'm saying yes to God, not you. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. I knew some woman was going to twist that later. Anyway, Luke 1, 46 to 50. I love the song of Mary. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She's already praising God for what's to come, even though she's in chaos. She's already praising God for the miracle that's to come. She's rejoicing in the Lord because he's been mindful of the humble state of the servant. And then, listen, she's preaching now. We can listen to her sermon. We should. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Yep, she's blessed. For the mighty one has done what? Great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. The word is to reverence him. The word is to put him up where he belongs on the throne of your heart. In other words, I'm going to say yes to him in all of his ways. And we will be blessed from generation to generation. That's why we teach the next generation. You too need to say yes to Jesus. Not just yes to your video games and your avatar and all your TikTok and Rick Rock and laugh a raff and whatever tomorrow will bring. There's new social media coming out every, every moment. We need to teach our kids, get in the word, believe God, and say yes to him all the time. Just keep saying yes to God. Never deny him, because he will bless us from generation to generation. 
So 1 Timothy 1.12, I was looking for a verse this week for my own personal life and worship before the Lord. Just thinking about how he used Mary and how he interrupted my life, how he's used many of you. And 1 Timothy 1.12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who's given me strength. You, you want to say thank you for your strength, Lord? That he considered me trustworthy appointing me to his service. I think Mary could say that. He found me worthy. He found me beloved in his eyes, and he considered me trustworthy and appointed me to his service. Don't you dare discount or discredit the service you have for the Lord. If he's called you and appointed you, it's a because he sees you as trustworthy. How do we grow in our trustworthiness? We just keep saying yes to him. We just keep saying, Lord, interrupt me. So let me join the angel and say quickly to you before we have communion, don't be afraid. You're highly favored. God sees you as highly favored. And maybe you've heard God's call and now he's waiting for you to respond. Just tell him. Even as in just a moment we have communion together. And maybe you're in the midst of, of, of walking out a course of action that God has initiated for you since the last divine interruption you have. Keep going. Don't give up. It's easy to give up in this world. Don't you dare give up. And please remember, sometimes God will shout to us in our pain. He will shout to us in the darkness. And other times, it's so quiet. You could hear a pin drop. Forty weeks she carried baby Jesus in her womb. And we don't have a record of the angels coming down and saying, oh, they're there now. Braxton Hicks, we got it. Oh, that baby's standing on your bladder. We feel sorry for you, sweetheart. We don't have a scripture recorded. But we have a woman who knew God was up to something miraculous in her. And she was saying, I bet you, even though it's not recorded, and I don't think I do disservice to the text. I bet you quite often she said, Lord, be it done unto me according to your word. God, they're making fun of me because I'm, I'm pregnant and I don't even have a husband. They're ridiculing me. They don't know the story, Lord. They're coming against your work in my life, God. I think she said often, be it done unto me according to your word. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.